Hi, this is April. This is my third and final senior podcast for Government 492 under the direction of Professor Dr. Olivia McDonald. And today I'm asking the question, is human experimentation still being performed on humans without their consent? And is there any way to protect the annoying citizens within the community and to expose the hospital who is engaging in unethical practices and experimenting on patrons against their knowledge and will? In 1767, John Hunter inoculated himself with a pus of gonorrhea to prove that the disease is transmittable. He succeeded but also contracted syphilis for the inoculation. Walter Reed subjected himself to the effects of yellow fever virus in order to discover the way it spreads to cause epidemics. Self-experimentation provides an important model for human experimentation. The researcher harmed only himself. He did so voluntarily and with the full knowledge and consent. Further, he did it with a highly altruistic motivation. In a local hospital in Arlington, Texas, Texas Health Resources or Arlington Memorial, there is 100% certainty that this unethical type of research is being done to unsuspecting patrons under the disclaimer of the patient being incapacitated in the emergency room. A series of brutal, unethical things are being done to minorities and people in which the hospital can attempt to label as a drug user or having mental issues to effectively cover up the misconduct if the subject is so lucky to live. With luck only lasting till the onset of some mysterious illness, that the symptomatic symptoms that are in tote with this infection are the characteristics of a drug addict, something crawling beneath the skin, violent outburst and mania, all symptoms the hospital labels the patron, and lastly, encephalogy, holes in the brain, often from overdose, and in this case blamed on either methamphetamine or another social drug, but truly only can be contracted by antibiotics and given in massive amounts but the discovery of a severely broken ankle, the on-site set of an unspecified parasitic infection given by the facility to a subject they mistook as a lower class, uneducated woman who turned out to be a pre-law major with no drug problems or history of mental illness. The hospital in Arlington has taken the choice that are due to every human being on this earth and have, a right, and have taken away the right to choose what is done with their own body. For a hospital to take a God-given natural right and inherit rights from an individual, all in the name of science has to be stopped. A famous example to one of the mysterious happenings that within my personal research, I strongly believe that the basketball player Roy Tarpley, who had driven himself to this facility, but within days died without a cause of death, but because of his history of drug and alcohol abuse, the general consensus of the public and hospital was that he died of either a liver failure or heart attack. The subject that was escaped from this facility with her life was healthy with a bit of high blood pressure, but from the onset of arriving within the facility, the rationale was that the citizen was a streetwalker and had no family or educational background to complain or know how to. And besides, once they attached the stigma of drug dependency, the woman who had not been addicted to any drugs was then forever labeled a drug addict, that within the society of a medical world, a drug addict is the scum of the earth, not worthy for being treated to live. So under these conditions, as now your medical records follow you from place to place globally, the effectiveness or ability to be treated is very slim to none. So the burden of finding a cure for something that was given to a citizen in a lab becomes an even larger obstacle to challenge. But reflecting back on Royal Tarpley, the woman who was restrained and given a series of narcotics that would result in the myocardial infarction, then two days post-arrival to the hospital, purposely kept the citizen restrained and sedated with only a thousand milligrams bolus of fluids. With a continuous infusion of end-of-life narcotics, such as morphine, Ativan, Halidol, suppositories, and lorazepam, Benadryl, and Abuterol, all without water or food, as ordered nothing by mouth. 
what would be the purpose of all these treatments along with lying to the citizen's family, stating that the citizen had a critical disease, when they are dragging the citizen to meet an untimely demise. Within the citizen's case, the citizen attempted to contact the hospital, only to be lied to and brushed off. The citizen remembered reading one of the physician's names from the lab coat, and remembered the various acts that were carried out on her, and reported these instances with the doctor's name. Coincidentally enough, the doctor, who was nowhere mentioned on the four sets of the citizen's medical records, but the citizen remembered his name, closed his practice, left his chair position at the hospital of orthopedics, and went to another local hospital, until the citizen contacted him there where he left the same day and relocated to Florida. The patient left that facility not being told of the ankle injury, nor that she was found unattended on an unmanned floor undergoing construction after having the induced heart attack. And no knowledge of any of these happenings were discovered until the citizen went to the sister hospital with a busted lip and black eye and traumatic fracture, dislocated ankle, and then months later, the onset of a devastating parasite infection that was from dozens of encapsulated parasites inserted within the subject's left elbow and broken left ankle, which in the possibility of those being obtained in normal ecological manner would be highly unlikely or impossible. The benefits of a subject purposely being infected with a dozen or more parasites prove as no health or treatment benefit to improve the quality of life, which this is yet another disturbing aspect to the need to alert the, and protect the public from such atrocities. The literature of John Fletcher reveals such type research being conducted upon enemies of war by the Nazi Germanys or the Jap Japanese to the Chinese during, during and post-war times. But the futility that the same types of atrocities are being conducted on citizens that are being chosen by hospital staff without them allowing the right to choose is another stain that needs to be cleared to allow citizens the right to live and not fear the place that is entitled or entailed to heal them and treat is only for a front of a series of vile research practices that they're not being held responsible or accountable for because it appears that most don't survive the research to complain or to search for a solution to help pre prevent future patrons from unwittingly becoming made a guinea pig. Luckily for the citizen, she was able to find a specific medication through researching and the desire to live. The parasitic infection almost took the citizen's life and the citizen has a duty to make the hospital be accountable and to warn the public and induce outside investigations to stop the inclusion of people without better regulations and policing policies. The mere thought of new, the numerous amounts of people not as luckily as the citizen is utterly disgusting, but the citizen has vowed to find a remedy to stop this debaucherizing methodology from killing someone else. With the days of the citizen escaping the facility, the hospital released a handbook titled The Corporate Policy for Protections of Human Research Subjects. All Though the title states the protection of it merely is a handbook to separate the facility from the thing they refer to as a UP or unanticipated problem. In short, the protocol calls for destruction and alteration of the subject's medical records and continuous monitoring of the subject without them being aware of it. The handbook also gives a facility a green light to avoid informed consent from the con or any consent if the research takes precedent. It also states that all minorities in their subpopulation are to be included in their research regardless if they are a child and childbearing years or not. This happens. The happenings at this facility are outlined within this handbook are significant indications that an entire conglomerate throughout Texas with over 40 separate hospitals are most likely practicing under the same guidelines and policies. The Hot Springs, Arkansas, and Tuskegee syphilis experiments enacted various laws of protections that were put in place to protect citizens from enduring such violent and inhumane measures for the benefit of research, eerily similar to the same issues that is happening almost 87 years later. The opening of Hot Springs VD Clinic in 1921 followed up extensive anti-venereal initiatives carried out by the U.S. military during World War I. 
Closing in the 1940s, the clinic marked a transition in the federal government's campaign against syphilis and gonorrhea, including the Tuskegee Syphilis Study, 1932-1972, and the Chicago Syphilis Control Project, 1937-1940. Throughout the interwar period, Hot Springs sat on the front lines of the PHS war against BD, and although its efforts were largely unsuccessful, the clinic's history points towards a more complex understanding of the moment of venereal peril. Although throughout the facility's handbook, there are mentioning of an independent review board to help ensure the laws with protecting human research subjects. The handbook also gives allowance for the subject not to get any form of consent until various research is over. The Constitution gives us protections, but it appears that these rights are all being forgotten, all within the name of research. The NIH attached the moral and ethical considerations of research and human subjects, all but vanished. Those concerns were addressed by the fulfillment of three needs, to protect the rights of welfare subjects, of welfare subjects, obtain informed consent, and clinical research combined with professional care. The United States government conducted mustard gas experiments on American soldiers during World War II. The soldiers were put in a gas chamber or directly exposed to mustard gas for hours without informed or voluntary consent. Since servicemen must obey orders, they were forced to participate in the study and to take a vow of silence for the rest of their life while suffering from intense respiratory problems, skin burns, cancer, <coughs> afterwards. Unfortunately, the number code had little impact in the United States. American physicians saw it as irrelevant to their research for them. What separated American research from Nazi research was the promise of antibiotics and the increased federal funding and medical discoveries. In conclusion, the goal to protect citizens from undue harm should be the first and foremost. Lastly, speaking about and publishing personal happenings is the only way that the hospital will stop playing God and allow the public a fighting chance to avoid being made a statistic by the usually falsified account the hospital gives to deflect attention and accountability and serious issues that continuously jeopardize innocent people's lives.